This is Freddie Correa, and you're listening to Thanks for the Invite podcast. And we are back straight out of Brooklyn, New York, wearing my Raiders hat, because I don't give a fuck. You want to fuck with me? I call the cops, motherfucker. Yeah. Let's kick this shit off with some Frank Sinatra. This is the Mobile Podcast Studio, motherfucker. And we're back. Straight out of New York, motherfucker. Throw your motherfucking hands up in the air right now. I want a big, I want to give a big shout out to Jenny out there in the audience. It's her birthday today. Make some noise, motherfucker. Are you motherfucking drunk right now? Say yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? That was my, uh, got a little carried away. Um, you ever at the club and the DJ puts the volume down of the music? He just yells out shit. Everybody gets pumped. I'm a little pumped right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little pumped because I am in one of my favorite cities of the world, which is New York City. Uh, sorry, I'm out of breath. I, was, I wasn't even like running or nothing. I was just walking as I played the music. But um, yeah, I'm just walking through the streets of Brooklyn. I'm out here for Skank Fest this whole weekend. It's been amazing so far. It started off last night. It was the kickoff party at the Creek in the Cave. And if you guys ever been to like a comedy festival, like just for laughs or uh, coast to coast or was it South by Southwest? There's a lot of great festivals um, that I've heard of. and. Th- I've been to a lot of different music festivals, but this is my first comedy festival. If you've never been to a comedy festival, go to one. It's fucking amazing. I don't know. I, I can't speak for the other festivals because I've never been. But um, the Skanks Festival, you should come to this one next year. It's amazing. Um, get to hang out with all the comics out there. Uh Louis J. Gomez, Ari Shafir, Rich Voss showed up last night, said what's up to uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. It's crazy, Tony Hinchcliffe 
the times you've seen me, he has this fucking memory. I, I'm telling you, like this crazy memory. I don't even know. Like we've never spoken more than like two minutes. And he knows my name. He's like, Freddy, good to see you here, buddy. I'm like, what the fuck? How the fuck does Tony know my name? Um, but uh, he, he told me yesterday too. He's like, he's like, uh, it's crazy how I always remember your name, huh? I'm like, yeah, dude, it's crazy. I saw him in Vegas two months ago. And he said my name in front of my homie Spiro and Hannah, the comics in Vegas. And I felt like a fucking rock star, man. My like, that's right, motherfucker. He knows Freddy Korea. Yeah. So, anyways, guys, let me tell you my experience in New York so far. Before I get into the festival. I want to get into that a little bit. As I'm walking to the festival, I decided to walk, do a podcast for you guys. And show, you, you've probably seen a little bit of it on Instagram stories or... Uh, Facebook, I've been posting a lot of shit, but I want to give you a little insight on my little uh, comedy getaway. Um, So I got here Wednesday, no, Thursday morning. I flew out of Vegas around 10 p.m. I thought it would have been a good idea to sleep on the plane and I could enjoy as much as I can New York during the day. You know, the flight is about five hours. I got here at like 6 in the morning, New York time. In Vegas, that would have been 3 in the morning, okay? Five hours. I was going to sleep on the plane so I could enjoy New York during the day. Big fucking mistake, okay? Big mistake. You don't... No one sleeps on the plane, okay? If you sleep on a plane, I fucking envy you. How the fuck can you sleep on the plane? You know, you feel uncomfortable trying to share the fucking armrest with the person next to you. Thank God I was the only fat guy on the fucking row. But I sat next to two dudes. I got the window, at least, the window seat. And uh, (laughs) I I brought my blankie. I have a fucking blankie, guys. I can't sleep without this fucking blankie. My wife got it on Amazon. It's like silk, made out of silk. And uh, it's fucking amazing. So I brought it with me, I had it in my backpack, I took it out, scrunched it up, and turned it into a pillow for myself. So I did that and slept, rested my my head on the window, tried to sleep, I tried my best. I, I think I probably dozed off a couple times, but yeah, it's so uncomfortable, man. And then three hours into the flight, the other guy on the right, Actually, that guy, the guy on the aisle seat, he was another fat guy. Poor, poor little Puerto Rican guy in the middle. He had to sit next to two fat guys, fat Cuban and a fat fucking white guy. Um, but anyway, when I saw him get up to go to the restroom, that's when I got up. I'm like, fuck this shit. If we're going to wake up this Puerto Rican, might as well at the same time. He's already suffering enough, you know? Little Puerto Rican guy. He was very kind, very nice. I could hear his reggaeton music through his headphones. That's why I'm assuming he was Puerto Rican. Could have been Dominican. Very nice guy, very, you know, pleasant. Um, When he sat down, I'm like, what's up, man, how you doing? You know, I try to meet people because we're gonna be in this together for like five hours. He shook my hand. Hello, my name is Carlos, you know, like, you could tell he was like a 
immigrant, you know? Um, but yeah, he was uh, very nice. So I got up and went to the restroom. I gotta tell you, American Airlines flight attendants are the fucking worst. They gave me stares, weird stares, you know, like uh, when I would ask for something, this fucking flight attendant, she was so rude, man. One time she came up to me, I'm like, do you need anything? I'm like, oh no, she, she was getting drinks. I gave her my drink order and she's like, you know, we charge for beer. I'm like, yeah, I know that. It's not my fucking first rodeo, bitch. And then I said, do you have nuts or pretzels? She's like, no, we don't have any. It says on the fucking pamphlet, it's complimentary, bitch. So I pretty much got ripped off from my nuts and my pretzels. I'm going to hopefully write an email when I get back home to American Airlines. So then I'm like, well, do you have a snack? I needed a fucking snack. If I'm going to drink on the plane, I want to have a little snack so I don't just get too wasted. So I, I bought some Pringles. Oh, I asked her for Pringles. And when I asked her for Pringles, she was already walking away. She's like, um, I'll be back. I'm like, bitch, what do you mean you'll be back? You're right here taking my order and you just walk away in the middle of the order. Now you're going to make two trips, bitch. So then she came back and took my order again. When she, I clearly said I wanted Pringles. She ran my car twice. I'm telling you, man, that was a fucking horrible experience. Maybe that's why I couldn't sleep. I was so pissed off. But, um, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm over here walking by, um, let's see, what is this street? Kent, Kent Street? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Brooklyn on the west side, right next to the river. This is gorgeous, guys. I wish you guys could see this. Woo. I haven't been in New York in like 13 years. It's been a long time. So, guys, I uh, got off the plane. All right? Got off the plane at 6 in the morning. And I was debating if I should take an Uber or a Lyft or a cab to my hotel in Brooklyn. I ended up taking the subway, which is the best way. Okay, if you're going to come to New York, I mean, there's times to get an Uber. Don't get me wrong. But for the most part, you want to travel by subway, walk, or bicycles. Definitely want to bike because biking is a cool experience. And, and what's cool about the bikes here is that the drivers are not strangers to it. It's not like, like even though they're reckless, they're still like trying to be careful, you know? Because they're aware there's a lot of bikes. There's like, um, they're called city bikes. You can rent them. I, I kind of planned this out before I got here. I rented my bike uh, online, a three-day pass, like 24 bucks for 72 hours. Um, and a, a city bike pretty much is a, a, a station of bikes in different places. And uh, you rent them for 30 minutes at a time but with the pass it's unlimited you just gotta make sure you bring it back in 30 minutes because if now you get charged for every 15 minutes like four dollars or something which is not bad either but uh oh let's go thank you bro this guy almost ran me over whoa a paletero a black paletero guy that's cool cuanto cuesta los rapel two dollars Okay, thank you. I thought he was Cuban. Definitely not Cuban. Um, 
Anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, the bikes. So, um, rented the bikes, had that ready to go, but obviously I needed to get to the hotel from the airport. So I went ahead and got on the subway, got my Metro card, costed like, I don't know, I think I put like 25 or 30 bucks on it. And uh, it's a cool experience, man. It, you get on the subway, especially like at seven in the morning that, that early. And on the subway, you see all kinds, all walks of life on the subway. I saw a guy in a suit. I saw girls going to work. Like I told my wife, like a pretty girl by herself on the subway, I wouldn't be comfortable with that, you know? Because my girl's like, would you move there? I'm like, nah, I wouldn't want you to go into work in the subway. Because if you live in New York, you got to fucking ride the subway. Public transportation. If you have a car, you're a fucking lunatic. You know? So. This is like scooping the sugar. Anyway. Um, oh. And the, the, the fucking food deliveries out here. I saw a Grubhub guy on a fucking bike. He had a big old box to keep the food nice and warm. He was delivering on a fucking bike. That's how he did it. Uh, yeah, no one really has cars, like I said. Only taxi drivers, Ubers, uh, you know, trucks, delivery trucks, whatever. you got to be crazy. And, and it would drive me nuts. Even in L.A., if L.A. is hard to have a car. My, my friend Avil in L.A., he used to live in a neighborhood where he would have to wake up at 7 in the morning and move his vehicle or else get towed and move it to another spot. It's insane in other cities, like cities that you guys live in. Um, like in Vegas, I'm, I'm used to parking it. You can park anywhere, anywhere you want. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, so I took the subway, guys. A lot of weird, it's, it's crazy to see professional business people and then like lunatics all in one place. And that's the subway. That's pretty much it. Um, got to my hotel room. I stayed, um, I'm staying actually at a hostel. And uh, I didn't want to stay in a hostel room with other people. I mean, if I had to, I guess I would have. But I decided to get me a private suite. Because I'm a fucking baller, okay? Got me a private suite. And when I describe this to you, it's pretty much like a jail cell. It's probably like, I don't know, 10, 10 by seven feet i would say no not even that 10 by six feet room so at least i got all four walls uh you know got my four walls surrounding me um it sucks jerking off though it really really does suck because you gotta do like holding your breath you know not making noise um the good thing is I'm right next to the subway. Like, the building is right next to the subway. It passes right next by, by like, two... I'm two rooms next to the subway. And uh, it passes by. So, you got to kind of time it. You got to time it. Right when the subway's passing by, that's when you got to, you know, go hard or go home. There's no turning back. If not, you have to wait another five minutes. I'm on vacation. I, I don't have time to be waiting. I got stuff to do, okay? So, I got me in my hostel. Now get this. Yeah, 
I'm feeling like a baller looking around these people, these peasants sharing a fucking room. And I walk to my private suite. It has no fucking ceiling, okay? No ceiling. I'm sitting there jerking off, looking into another ceiling that's like 20 feet above my walls. Jerking off, staring into the tall ceiling, holding my breath. And I'm not trying to do a Louis C.K. joke. I know he has a joke about holding his breath. This is true, what happened to me. I'm sitting there holding my breath, paying attention to all the sounds around me. If I hear someone talk, I slow down. And yeah, I feel like I'm in a fucking church camp. I'm in a church camp, okay? Sharing this big giant warehouse with fucking cubicles with a bunch of other people. But it's cool, I adapted. You gotta adapt, you gotta learn. Oh, and oh, here's, here's, oh my God, here's the kicker. You cannot jerk off on your bed. It's too noisy. All the squeaks, that's not gonna work out. So pretty much what you gotta do, you have three feet. You got about three, yeah, two and a half feet on the side of your bed, the floor. You gotta do it standing up, facing your fucking bed. So you gotta jerk off while you're standing up or face the wall, either one. Uh, big shout out to Justin Ruff, by the way. I don't know why <laughs> this came across. <laughs> he came across my mind as I'm talking about jerking off. I met Justin Ruff, one of our listeners, um, last week in Vegas. It's because I'm getting really dirty on the podcast and he told me about, I, I did a podcast about being cleaner and he came to mind, I'm like, because he mentioned that I was pretty dirty one time or something like that. So that's why it came to mind right now. Shout out to Justin Ruff, trying to keep me keep me in line, not get too graphic, but uh, it's gonna get graphic. It's, it's it already is, but um, yeah, you gotta stand up next to your bed while you violate yourself. Okay, no ceiling, but um, I learned. I'm a ninja. I've learned. I've never been caught. I'm not that guy. I don't get caught. Everybody has stories. Oh, I got caught by my mom, my wife. Nah. No, never been caught. It's not going to happen. You know, when I used to jerk off into oranges, I almost got caught. But I was, you know, I was a novice. Novice? Novice. I don't know. It's been fun, though, man. It's a cool experience. Downstairs, it, it, the hostel is like three stories. Um, downstairs, they have a recreational room. Oh, here's, here's, here's why I feel like I was in church camp too. When you go into the hostel, they're like, no food or beverages allowed. No one's allowed in your room. I'm like, what the fuck? Who are you? My parents? And uh, I almost like, it, it really felt like I was in church camp. Um, I'm like, well, what about water? Can I have water? They're like, yeah, water is good. We just really emphasize no alcohol. Uh, and I get it because the, the rooms were... If there's several people sharing a hostel, it could get noisy. They're all fucking partying, fucking Europeans and shit. Just having a good old time. I get it. But I'm, I, I'm a fucking, I'm in the privacy of my own luxury suite. I'm going to bring alcohol, bitch. So I've been sneaking in a little bottle here and there. A little sip, a little nightcap before I go to bed. And me being paranoid that they're going to go inside my room and search it. I fucking wrapped it up in a bunch of clothes in my suitcase today. Um... Oh, they give you a, uh, you could buy a lock. They have a lockbox for your valuables. 
which is pretty cool. And uh, shout out to Jesus Trejo, by the way, comedian Jesus Trejo. He is one of the biggest reasons I was inspired to come out to New York. I had a conversation with him about a year or two ago. He came out to New York, stayed in hostels, just w went around doing mics, performing, finding spots to perform, you know. He is, uh, he's one of my inspirations for this trip, so shout out to Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Trejo, you gotta look him up. One of the funniest comics out there. Um, he's gonna blow up, by the way. This is one of those comics that he's gonna blow up. Oh, here's another black paletero. This guy is Hispanic. Como esta? Yeah, yeah, he's Hispanic. The other guy was not Hispanic. Anyway, I should take a picture of this paletero. Nah, keep. Gotta keep the podcast going. So. Where was I? Oh yeah. So no alcohol, no, uh, you know, none of that in your room. So they got the recreational room downstairs. And on the website it says, get out of your comfort zone and meet other people in our amazing recreational center. We have pool table, we have ping pong, we have a piano, we have a kitchen. So that's where you're supposed to eat. If you get food, you can't, you're not allowed to bring it up to the room, which is, it, it makes sense. New York City, we all know this, has a problem with fucking rats and roaches. This place is super clean. I get it. I get why they do it, you know? So I, I definitely don't want to bring in food. I'm not going to bring that in because when I was reading the reviews, this lady posted uh, on a review, oh my God, I brought a bag of chips. And when I came back, they were gone. Fucking rats. Well, she didn't say fucking, but come on, dude. Why the fuck would you open up a bag of chips and leave it open in a hostel with no fucking ceiling? What do you think is going to happen, bitch? And you have the audacity. Audacity? Fuck. That's another word I can't pronounce. To write a fucking review? Really, bitch? Oh, my God. My fucking chips. They got eaten up. Fuck you. Oh, this is nice. There's a guy right here picking up trash in the neighborhood. I never seen that before. What a nice person. Just a guy, dressed up nice, tucked in shirts. He's not a worker. He's walking with his wife who's walking his, the dog. And he has this little thing, a bag on his left hand. And then on his right hand, uh, one of those extend, extenders to grab trash. That was really nice. It's nice of him. Keeping the New York clean, you know? Shout out to uh, Pat Shea. Um, old homie that he's been on the podcast. He lives in Arizona now. Wes Woods. Shout out to the homies. Um, Grandpa Nicotine. Everybody's always been so supportive, man. Oh, Gomez and Escondido. What up, dog? I'm in New York, homie. Um been i've had some people hit me up about the podcast chapel 101 so thank you guys for all your support man you know sometimes when, when i take these breaks and i see that you guys hit me up like hey freddie where's the podcast coming or, or or if i put a new podcast uh you'll reach out to me and be like hey uh thanks for uh putting on a new podcast you know world famous ic you know everybody that's always supportive man i appreciate you guys you have no idea Oh, look at this motherfucker. He just went into a one-way. Now he's backing up. 
Yeah, you fucked up. You fucked up. But, uh... So... That's as far as my... My hostel experience, right? Oh, shit. I still got, like... It's kind of far still. I kind of went... I wanted to see the ocean. And, uh... Fuck, I didn't even take a picture. Well, it's not the ocean. It's the river. That connects to the ocean. But, um... Man, this is fun. Podcasting on my mobile studio. Trying to not look like a crazy person in front of these fucking humans. There was one part where I said, hey guys. And someone looked at me like, who the fuck is this guy talking to? Not you, bitch. Unless you download it. Um, so Skankfest. No, let me back up. Um, shout out to uh, Andy. Ostroff, who I met through Jesus Trejo. That's another blessing from Jesus Trejo. I met this awesome comedian named Andy Ostroff. I'm probably pronouncing the name wrong. Um, Andy, that is. Uh, he hooked me up with a, a, a gig on one of his shows for a Thursday. That's why I came in a little early, so I could do some spots. And his show canceled the venue. It just it fell out, so... I was like, oh shit, now I don't have a show to do. I mean, I still knew I could get up at an open mic and shit, so. But he recommended me to this guy named Matt Alzer. Fuck. Should have looked it up before. But this guy named Matt, he runs a show, him and a guy named Jeff. They run a show in Manhattan, uptown. And uh, it's called the Bomb Shelter Comedy Show. This place is in a basement. Most places in New York, comedy rooms are in basements. This place is the shit, guys. It was amazing. It was fucking tremendous. I went out there. This is the first time performing in New York. And I wasn't sure what to expect. Like, is my comedy going to work in the East Coast? I didn't know. I was nervous. I'm always nervous before I perform. And, uh... I went up and I did it and guys it was a fucking amazing experience it's kind of like the time when I performed in the basement at um in San Francisco Chris Thorne hooked me up with a gig and it was like this big big ass basement um underneath some apartments like a long basement maybe for storage they used to use it and all they did is bring in like chairs like lawn chairs and kitchen chairs just none of the chairs matched and it's crazy the ceiling was low the laughter bounces up and down all over the place it reminded me it reminded me of san francisco from that first show i did in the basement this is the bomb shelter except this is not like an apartment basement it's um underneath a, a really cool bar called the gaff the gaff Gaff or Gaff. And, um, performed. There's people, you know, there's a lot of tourists, so I'm used to that shit. Be being from Vegas, I'm used to performing in front of different audience members, like from different countries. So, that was pretty cool. Um, that's what, that's one of the things like you always hear about LA, the comedy store, or New York, that they're really hard to perform in front of because. 
you can't really do local references. I mean, you can, but the tourists are not going to get it. And I got to tell you, that's one thing. No one talks about this, but in Vegas, that's one of the things that's amazing about Vegas. Because in Vegas, it's the same shit. But no one talks about it. In Vegas, you have old people, young people, all walks of life. You pretty much have the fucking subway in your show. You know? The subway I was talking about earlier with the fucking crazies, they all show up in Vegas. So you have different ages, people from Australia, Canada, Europe, everywhere, guys. So I think that has prepared me to perform in front of people from uh, all over the place. So, man, it was a fun show. I had a blast. I got out of there all hyped, you know? And then... Um, Went to the Broadway Comedy Club after that. Went to a bunch of places that night. Oh, um, I ended up going to the Creek in the Cave. Uh, 10.30, they had an open mic. That's where Skankfest started. Um, the kickoff show last night, except this was Thursday. So it was the open mic. I show up thinking I was running late. And, uh, and actually, I was able to get on the bucket. As soon as I get on the bucket, they call my name. I'm like, how crazy is that? What kind of luck is that, you know? Right away, get called out. And um, I didn't know this, but let me see. I think her, Kemp, her name is Kemp. No. Let me see. The host of the show is two girls. Very cool. Um comedians and they call me up my set goes pretty good you know have them laughing on my fucking cable guy stories and oh here it is one of the hosts comes up to me after and she's like that was a very funny set and i'm like ah oh, thank you you know it's always nice when you have other comics compliment you and it's sincere because you know you you know you did well i'm not trying to say oh i killed i'm just telling you that like there's insincere compliments sometimes where you know like you, your set was shit and they still come up to you and say great set and you're like no no it fucking wasn't fuck you for lying but when when you know it was a pretty decent set and they compliment you you appreciate that it's coming from one of your peers you know so anyway she comes up to me and she's like you mentioned you're from vegas uh i grew up in vegas i'm like no way do you do comedy out there i mean did you start doing comedy out there and she's like no actually i Oh, that's a nice dog with no leash. What the fuck? That was a really cute dog. Anyway, um, she comes up to me and, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So she's like, no, no, I started in New York. I moved out here. I'm going to school out here, but I, yeah, I'm from Vegas. She's like, my brother's actually dating a comedian out there. I'm like, hold on, stop. I already know who you are. I'm like, fucking stop. Just stop it. Well, it turns out she's uh, Evan Clamp's sister. Um, Evan has been on my podcast with Cecilia. You know Cece. Um, her name is Allison Klemp. She's the sister of Evan Klemp. Really cool dude who I accidentally deleted one day thinking it was another Evan. I think I was drunk. Um, shout out to Evan Klemp. Really cool guy. I think it would... I, I, I don't know what's going on in his head when he saw that I sent him a friend request again. So I sent him a, an apology saying, hey, bro, I accidentally deleted you. It was just, you know, it's awkward when you, that happens. Um, 
I meant to delete another guy. Another Evan that was talking shit. <laughs> he had to get a little cool down. Uh, but yeah, I added him back. I apologize. So hopefully, Evan, if you're listening to this, my apologies, bro. You're a really cool dude. There's no reason for me to ever delete you. <laughs> anyway, I met, I met his sister. His sister was badass, really funny. Um, yeah, man. So that was a cool experience doing the open mic in New York City, man. You know, when I came out to New York City in 2005, I wasn't a comedian, but I came out here because of comedy. Okay, that's the reason I came to New York because I grew up watching Seinfeld and I fell in love with the city. Even though Seinfeld wasn't really filmed in New York, it was, you know, about living in the city, being a comedian. You know, it, it was something weird that all, all my friends around me would like talk about Boy Meets World and TGI. Remember that TGI Fridays or whatever uh, on ABC? Uh, Urkel, fucking, all those shows. Everybody at Home Improvement, all the dumbed down shows, all the fucking, you know, friends. Eh, nothing against, I have nothing against friends actually, but for some reason, I, I always liked Seinfeld. I got attached to Seinfeld. I understood the humor. All my dumb friends were always like, I don't get Seinfeld, it's not funny. Shout out to Isai, Che, Rollins, he hates Seinfeld. But um, whatever, bro. Just because you hate Seinfeld, you know what? That makes you a Puerto Rican. Boom. Shout out to Dave Nunez. I got to call him. I forgot I was going to call him. Anyway. Um, yeah. I grew up watching Seinfeld. It's amazing. It's an amazing show. And, you know, Seinfeld ended in the late 90s. And I was sad. But, you know, you always had the reruns. And then in like, what year was it? 2001 or two, maybe 2000. Um, he came out with a documentary called The Comedian. Or Comedian, I think. And if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix right now. But it's about him coming back to stand-up after retiring. Or not retiring, but getting away from it for so long. Because he went off to do the show. And thirsty but um it was an amazing documentary showing the life of a comedian and it was him and orny adams up and coming comedian very funny comedian too by the way look him up orny adams but um it was amazing because it's showing the struggle of being a comedian you even see seinfeld on one one uh one of the scenes you see him kind of like maybe bomb a little bit he's bombing on stage a little bit because he forgot what he was going to say so it was a very like oh here's a tough word vulnerable vulnerable moment vulnerable 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 it was a tough, it was a vulnerable, fuck you. You know what I'm trying to say, moment for him. And to see a, a comedian that's like a legend like him struggle on stage, it's, it's, it's really like uh, inspiring because it's like, that could happen to anybody. And I've talked about it, bombing. I've seen Joe Rogan struggle in Vegas at the 30 at 1230. He had a rough set, guys. 
I saw him after I bombed one night. One of my worst bombs at Planet Hollywood. It was one of the, my worst bombs. I wanted to cry when I got off stage and Edwin San Juan came over. Gave me a hug. <laughs> I, I, I'm always going to be grateful to Edwin. You know, I've learned so much from him. He's been a mentor. And uh, that moment, I needed a hug and he gave me a hug. <laughs> Damn. I'm about to cry in the, in the streets of New York while this motherfucker's honking. That almost made me cry. But, um, oh, comic book store. Yeah, guys, so, um, at night, after having one of those sets where you, like, you feel like quitting, go to 12.30 with my girl, I'm getting drunk to, you know, forget about the pain, and then Joey Diaz goes up, kills it, Steve Trevino goes up, kills it, Steve Trevino was supposed to headline, but Rogan and Joey were in town, so they put up Rogan last, and he struggled, guys. This lady heckled him from the beginning. He was a little too mean, so he kind of lost the crowd. He got it back, but it was, and also it was right after he had released one of his um, specials, so that's when you're on your Bambi legs trying to do new material and shit. So anyway, saw him struggle with that. And again, that's another moment where you get inspired by a pro comic struggling, you know? So, where was I? Oh yeah, Seinfeld. So, seeing uh, that movie, that documentary of Seinfeld, it, it made me fall in love with New York even more than the show Seinfeld. And it made me fall in love with comedy. I, I never even crossed my mind to ever do stand-up comedy. Not once. I loved, I've, I've always been an attention whore. I love being funny in front of my friends, my family. I like to embarrass people acting like I was uh, a kid with Down syndrome in front of people. Like, I've done so much shit because I'm an attention whore. I love attention. That's what a comic usually is. An attention fucking whore. All you motherfuckers that claim to not be attention whores, delete your Twitter, delete your Facebook, because that's all for attention, you motherfucker. Okay? Go fuck yourself. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to get mad, but uh, I get mad sometimes. Anyway, uh, never crossed my mind. Here we go, we come to New York City in 2005 with my friend Jonathan. I was gonna come by myself, and I brought it up and he tagged along. It was good because we saved money. We've known each other since we were kids. We hit up several comedy clubs. Like, people would be barking out in the street, you know? Uh, and we went to comedy shows. And I fell in love with it. Still, never crossed my mind. I want to get on stage one day. Nope. Not once. Not once, guys. Oh, there's uh, some lesbians getting married over here. I'm going to take a picture of that. They're, like, doing a photo shoot. It's pretty cool. I like that. That's beautiful. Beautiful couple. Look like a creep. I just took a picture of that. <laughs> anyway. One of them's the male. He's dressed up, or she's dressed up as uh, the groom. But um, they're both uh, pretty hot. Anyway. 
Well, the male one's not that much. But uh, anyway, it's a compliment. So hit a bunch of comedy clubs, and here we are. 13 years later, doing comedy in New York. It's mind-blowing to me. It's fucking mind-blowing. You know? But uh, that was my night, Thursday night, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, oh, this lady's jumping up and down, running. And uh, she's not wearing a bra. I feel harassed right now. Okay? And let's see what we're going to talk about. That was my night, Thursday night. If you don't mind, I, I want to now talk about Skankfest, okay? It's a festival produced by... Even if you do mind, fuck you. Alright? I'm just kidding. Leave me a five-star review. I love you. On iTunes. Thanks. And, uh... Skankfest is produced by a podcast called Legion of Skanks. It's, uh... The cast is Big J Okerson, Louis J Gomez, and Dave Smith. Very funny comics. All very dis- different kind of comedians, too. Very different styles of comedy. Big J Okerson is a very... He's like a master of crowd work. You know, Dave Smith is like uh, very political. And then uh, Louis J Gomez, the Puerto Rican rattlesnake. Very off- offensive type of comic. And they're all fucking hilarious. Um, if you get a chance to listen to Legion of Skanks, please do. Download it. You'll see what I'm talking about. So they started doing this festival in New York at the Creek in the Cave. And this is like a restaurant slash uh, comedy club. They have like two stages, upstairs and downstairs. It's a really cool spot. They started it over there about three years ago this is the third one this year and it's been growing people coming from all over the country guys it's incredible it's like when you go to Coachella or EDC any music festival you know people are flocking to this place so big you know you got to be a big fan to come out here for that so you see fans from all over the place and it's not just about them it's about different podcasts they have like this year kill Tony so all Death Squad, Brian Redband, um, Punch Drunk Sports with Sam Tripoli, Tebow, Ari, uh, Rich Voss, Jim Norton, Colin Quinn. It's fucking incredible, guys. Oh, Pete Davidson's going to be here tonight. Hopefully I get to see Ariana Grande. That'd be crazy, huh? Um, hashtag not creepy. Um, so... This festival has grown to a place now. It's called the Brooklyn Bazaar. It's like a three-story venue. That's where I'm walking to right now while I'm podcasting. I was going to ride a bike, but I'm doing this for you, looking like a fucking madman. Instead, you're over here criticizing me about my speech impediment. So I'm walking over there right now. It's probably like, what time is it? 4.59? God damn. That's the show that I'm missing. That's the... I think Jim Norton's on this one. But, um... I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. The kickoff party was at the Creek in the Cave. Where it used to be, you know? But it was so packed last night. It felt like a sauna the whole night. 
and uh, I can see why they move venues, and which is great. That shows it's a sign of growth. They're growing. I got to perform last night at the at the kickoff party. I went up. I got on a showcase. I did eight to ten minutes. Oh no, probably it probably felt like eight to ten minutes, but it was really like probably six or seven. Um, and it felt long longer than that. Believe me, it felt like it was like an hour on stage. And that's how it feels like when you're eating shit, okay? It's probably one of my, just talking about bombing, I'd fucking bombed. And it wasn't just a regular bomb, okay? Let me tell you why it's one of the worst bombs I've ever had. You see, I was in line to go to the restroom during the show. It was around 7 p.m., the kickoff. Ari Shafir went up, Steven Azizi, Ryan O'Neill. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm on the same show with these fucking greats. I love these guys. And killers, okay? They're like, it's a killer fucking lineup. And then you have me. Now, I was feeling really good because the night before, on the same stage, I fucking did great. In Manhattan, at the bomb shelter, did great. Here I am coming in confident. And it wasn't because of the lineup. Let me tell you why I bombed. One, um, the people were leaving. It was packed at one point, and, and then all the girls left. There was only like two girls left. When you're performing in front of dudes, if you're not Andrew Dice Clay or like if you know, you know, like dudes are hard to make laugh. You got to have women in the fucking crowd. Women, unfortunately, they're also most of the time the drunk heckler, but women like to laugh. And if the girl's laughing, the guy's going to laugh. But if you just have a bunch of dudes and you're on stage, they're just looking at you. That's one thing that happened. That's one thing that went wrong. Now, I'm not blaming it all on that. I blame myself. I'm just giving you the different factors. Okay? People are getting up also to go see the Real Life Podcast, which is Louis J. Gomez's podcast upstairs. People are getting up. People are leaving. Almost the whole room fucking cleared. This is why it was one of my worst bombs, okay? I meet two really cool dudes, fans of Legion of Skanks, and made a great, you know, had a great conversation with them. And then I bring up, oh, I'm a comic too. We're talking about Joey Diaz. I'm like, oh shit, I've opened for Joey Diaz. So I'm having a great conversation with these awesome dudes. Um, and I asked one of them, hey, I'm on the show. Can you please take a picture of me? Yeah, yeah, I'll take a picture. Cool, so I have, I have two new friends, right? New buddies. At the, at the festival They're about to see me perform And here's the fucking craziest thing That's probably one of the craziest Run-ins I've ever had In my life I, uh, I'm in line to go to the restroom And this guy comes up to me He's like, hey Is your name Danny? I'm like, oh, he, he must listen to the podcast Because I always tell people My first name's Danny and Freddie is a stage name, and it's also pretty much a nickname that came about when I was a teenager from my buddy, Pasatoon. Pasatoon, George Aristigi, my buddy in Reno. So everybody calls me Fred. Sammy, Fred, Freddie, Fred Wrecker. So I told this guy, I'm like, yeah, it's my first name. Uh, but yeah, my name's Freddie. He's like, wait a minute, what's your last name? So now he's confused. He's like, who the fuck is Freddie, right? I'm like, Korea. And he's looking at me, and then right when I say it, 
it hit me. I'm like, I know this guy. He just didn't have a beard last time I saw him seven years ago. Uh, I'm like, this is fucking Stacy. Stacy from Charter, from the cable company, you know? I'm like, I know, I know him. I know Stacy. Stacy Gomez. I said Stacy Gomez. Like, I, re I remembered his last name immediately. And um, he's like, holy shit, why are you here? I'm like, oh, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Legion of Skanks, and uh, I'm on the lineup tonight. He's like, oh shit, you're on the show? I'm like, fuck yeah. He's like, I was just about to go upstairs to uh, the Real, Real Ass Podcast. I'm like, nah, bro, don't go. Um, stick around, see my set. He's like, holy shit, I can't believe you're here. I'm like, I can't believe you're here. It's just like a weird, weird run-in. I would have never in a million years ever imagined I would run into this guy. Me and Stacy, when we used to work at Charter Communications, we've helped each other on jobs. One time I went to help him at, at an install in Lemon Valley or Cold Springs, one of those valleys up north from Reno, and it was freezing, guys. This is like 8, 9 o'clock. He needed help on the install, so I went to help him. And he, uh, it was this place, let me tell you the story real quick. It was like a trailer, and then the yard, it was all ice. Like the kind of ice where you just, like the whole floor is ice. There's, there's no fucking ground. It's all ice. And I'm helping him on the install and the, the customer, the owner comes out and she's like, here, I made you guys some coffee or hot cocoa or some shit. And she never even asked, do you guys like some hot cocoa, some coffee? No, not even a question. And Stacy reminded me of the story last night. That's why I'm telling it because I had forgot about this story. She gives us the hot cocoa and immediately I grab it and I toss that shit on the floor <laughs> outside in her yard. I just tossed it I'm like, fuck that. I told him I'm not drinking that shit. <laughs> I don't know what she put it. First of all, she was weird by even giving it to us. I never even asked for it. Stacy reminded me of that last night. I had totally forgot that story. I would never take anything from a customer, you know, while doing an install or whatever that was unsealed. Like, you get some weird people, man. When you're a cable guy, like, you get people fucking, like, offering you drinks, which is great. Water is the best thing to offer a cable guy, you know? But, you know, like, I, I've been given water before, and they come back, and they're like, you want some water? Yeah, a water, not some water, a water. Would you like a water? Yeah, for sure, thank you, very nice of you. You know, if you're not going to tip, at least give the fucking cable guy a, a water, you fucking douche you know the person the customer man or girl it's happened more than once that's why i'm saying man or girl um they would come back with a fucking mug full of water one time they gave me a, a empty slurpee cup full of water i'm like bitch with ice in it and it wasn't even like an ice machine it was those ice from the ones you make in the freezer in the little fucking container the little case or what do you call it so you know they fucking took that out with their nasty fingers or um or they threw it in the sink their nasty fucking sink where they're cleaning their mop and then they put that shit in my fucking water in my mug full of water fuck you that's the worst i'd rather you not give me water how about that 
offered me soda and give me I, I this customer one time gave me soda okay in a mug a brown mug that they stole from a buffet you know a brown little mug you don't buy those in the store you steal that shit those little brown dark brown mugs from the 80s bitch you stole that from a buffet from circus circus in reno anyway so stacy stays for my set i'm super excited i'm like i got two new friends um marvin and uh i forget the other guy's name very cool dudes uh one of them has a cool afro like uh that ross guy the painter um very cool dudes so i have two new friends and now i have stacy gomez from reno didn't he didn't know i did comedy or i think he knew but he didn't obviously he didn't know i was going to be at the fucking skank fest so say what's up to him now i have him and his wife they're going to be at the show apparently there was another friend from charter brian because i ran into him later so now i have like several friends they're gonna watch my set even though people are leaving the fucking room i go up on stage the guy before me not the greatest uh set i would say he's very funny but again it's not it's not his fault it was just a rough rough moment because people are getting up that's the worst the biggest distraction when when a comedian gets off stage and then uh, they lose the crowd some people just get up and walk away or leave in this case, they're also walking away to go to a better show, the podcast upstairs with Louis J. And, you know, so after the guy go, gets off stage, I go up and here I am eating a bag of dicks, you know, in front of my new friends and my old friend that I haven't seen in seven years, who I just surprised him and said, yeah, I'm a comedian. Come check out my set. My set. I was so excited and the confidence fooled me and it fucked with me. See, when you're in a situation like that where you know the last guy kind of struggled, you don't go into material. I learned this from Booyah, one of, one of the comedians uh, from Vegas. He told me when you're in an open mic or any kind of show and it's a little crowd, sometimes you don't go into material right away or you don't do material at all. You got to fucking wing it and just talk to the audience. And it's so fucking true. Because those, those are the biggest laughs I got. I started, like, first of all, I went into material. Immediately, there was no connection with the crowd. No connection. So immediately, I, it's like I took a dive. And now I'm trying to, you know, dig my way out of it. So it was good. It was a good experience. I learned a lot from it. Trust me. The bombs are the best thing that could happen to you. It just sucked that it had to happen in front of Stacy and Brian, man. God damn. And my two new friends. That's so sad. <laughs> Dude, after the show, I was heartbroken. I was like, God damn it. Um, but let me back up. I, you know, I'm doing material. It's not hitting. All my fucking cable guy jokes. It's not hitting. Uh, I hear chuckles coming from Stacy's group. You know, but... If you're the only group laughing, I get it. Laughter's contagious. You got to get the whole crowd, you know? And there's only two girls in the fucking audience. Stacy's girl and... Um, Stacy's girl. No, no, that's Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom has got to go. Anyway. Um, 
crazy how people just sleep in the park. Uh, it's pretty cool though. There's a group of people right here in bikinis. And uh, they're all drinking beer. Having a little picnic. That's cool. Um, so I start tanking. Immediately, I do this joke about Netflix. I get a laugh, finally. I got like two laughs. Two good laughs in like three minutes or so. Three minutes. Two laughs in three minutes. That's horrible, guys. I'm not, I'm not delusional. I know. Fuck it. It was a horrible set. And I blame myself because even though it was a small crowd and the situation was tough, you as a comic, as a professional, you have to fucking know how to work this crowd. And I didn't. I neglected to connect. I did not connect with the crowd. It could be a crowd of two, a crowd of three. I've done a, I've done a great job before on a small crowd, especially on a Monday night in Vegas. You know, sometimes Monday nights, the night that I host at LA Comedy Club, sometimes it could be like a... A horrible set because the, the 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 crowd is very small but i i got used to it i've adapted and i could connect with a small crowd I, I used to have really bad sets with little crowds i would be terrified of little crowds and now i look forward to it when other comics are like oh this show's gonna suck I'm like i like little crowds so that's why i fucked up that's why i blame myself because even though it was a little crowd i neglected to connect you have to connect jokes don't matter do you realize that guys if you're a comic or if you're not do you realize that it's not all about the jokes of course you have to have great jokes if you just have shitty jokes hacky jokes no no don't get me wrong understand what i'm saying jokes is not everything about stand-up if you don't connect you ain't got shit andrew D andrew dice clay said it's not a it's not about the jokes it's about the performance and it's true the performance what what you're performing the material the art that you're bringing to these people it's about that and i fucking failed miserably my as soon as i noticed that you know when when i always tell comics um or i've heard other people say too like when when a joke doesn't hit it feels like like if you're in a boxing match and you know like a jab kind of shakes you up so you got to get out of it though like a professional boxer he gets jabbed he's gonna keep going but somebody that doesn't know shit about boxing um and they go in there in the ring the first jab is gonna hurt a lot of people think jabs don't fucking hurt i've been hit with a jab before in a boxing match okay it fucking hurts especially when they get you right in the fucking nose but you got to keep moving because if that rattles you up, that's the whole point of a jab. Is to rattle you up and then here comes the big blow. They're setting you up. It's a setup. So when a joke doesn't work, it's like you're getting jabbed. And it's just, it, it, they're just, that bomb is getting ready to blow up with a fucking blow. And it, I, got, I got down hard, guys. It got to a point where I, I admit it on stage. I'm like, wow. So this is what bombing is, guys. And then the crowd laughed. And what was cool about that is that when you acknowledge it, when you acknowledge something like that, and in the real moment, that shit's gonna turn around. And that's what I did. I acknowledged, I didn't pretend I wasn't bombing. You can't be, you gotta be delusional in comedy, Felipe Esparza told me, but you also have to have a balance. You gotta be real. I was fucking eating dick, okay? So I acknowledged it and started making fun of myself. Then I went into crowd work. 
that's that's when I went to crowd work, and I heard like a comic in the back laugh, like you know that's our, that laughter of like when somebody's bombing. I, I went into this guy and was like, so what do you do for a living? And they went, ha, ah! because they knew I was switching it up. The you know comics know the fucking game. He knew exactly what I was doing, and he just fucking laughed at me. <laughs> fucking kool-aid in vegas very funny comic he'll do that he'll sit in the back of the room and when something's not working he goes huh? Huh? that's his laugh huh? and you know it's kool-aid because kool-aid's the only one who goes huh? when no one else laughs and you hear that that's kool-aid that means you did something hacky or you did something that you know only comics are gonna laugh at but um i went i switched it up went to material and then uh I asked the guy, I'm like, so what do you do for a living? <laughs> I'm just like fucking clinging to life now at this point. So he's telling me he's a nurse. And then I look at him, I'm like, sir, I have zero jokes about nurses. So I move on. And then people start laughing, you know? So I'm just like making them laugh now on the fly. Just trying to fucking, I'm struggling guys. I'm like over here trying to survive, like I said. So. Let's see. Hold on a second. I need to find out where the fuck I'm going. I'm kind of lost in Brooklyn. It says I'm like seven minutes away, I guess. 17 minutes away. Oh, shit. Okay, keep walking straight, Google Maps says. And then turn left on Bayard. All right. I have not pulled out the map. I'm glad I didn't go the wrong way. I just kind of know where north and south, east and west is. You know, I always kind of know that. But, yeah. So... Anyway, get that laughter from the comic. Um, then I talked to this other guy. What do you do for a living, sir? I work for Craig and Auto Parts. I'm like, sir, I have zero jokes about auto parks. And boom, I get a laugh. Then I say, if you would have said mopeds, like I work on mopeds, I would have destroyed tonight. But thanks a lot, sir. So now, like, I'm like changing it up. It's working for me. And now I'm having fun. At this point, I get comfortable finally at the end of the fucking set. So then, knowing that Stacy and Brian are there, other fellow cable guys, I go into this cable story of when I got molested by an old guy that looked like Paul Giamatti. It's a true story. Even Stacy and Brian, they were like, did that really happen? Did you make it up? I'm like, no, it's true. This fucking guy molested me, this old guy, as I was fixing his cable, you know, I thought he was a little retarded. He was just being too nice. But I, he really seemed like he was retarded. I'm telling you. Like, the way he talked, I would have never. So, I pretty much got molested by a retarded old man. Okay? I, I thought this guy was an idiot. I upgraded him to a DVR, made a cell. I'm like, this this guy's a fucking moron. As I'm walking to the, to the bedroom to fix his cable, he stops in front of me. And then he asked me if I was Latino. I said, yeah, I'm actually Cuban and Mexican. As I'm saying that, he's like, are you hairy? He interrupts me. I'm like, no. Um, he reached under my shirt and rubbed my chest to see if I had hairs, guys. This fucking pervert of a man. Okay? That's why, like, I have no problem with anybody that's gay. I just have a problem with men. Because men's are perverts. Men are perverts, okay? Whether you're gay or not. When you turn gay, you're still a man. And men are fucking pervs, okay? That's why you always hear fucking priest molestation stories. 
because we're fucking pigs. So, this fucking guy, he touches me inappropriately. I fucking push him. I, I was ready to beat his ass. I pushed him. And then, <laughs> I fucking push him. And then he, uh, he falls on his fucking bed in his bedroom. So I, I'm like, immediately I'm like, God damn, that was the worst thing that could have happened. Now he's gonna think I'm like ready to fuck him or something. And I fucking ran out of there. I, I was pissed. I said, he's like, what about my TV? Are you gonna fix it? I'm like, fuck you, no. I cussed him out. I said, call someone else, I'm done. I threw his fucking box on the floor. Um, walk away. I leave, I, I feel like crying, guys. I was very emotional. And I called my supervisor, his name's Marty. And I told him what happened. He fucking laughs at me. He thinks I'm joking. But he starts laughing. Like, what kind of fucking adult gets molested by an old man while you're fucking awake? You know? So, he starts laughing. Then I tell my wife, I call my wife. But that's the story, pretty much. So, I ended with that story. Um, I did it when I opened for Joey Diaz in Reno. And he riffed on it. <laughs> After I brought him out, he, he was listening to my set, and then he even talked about it on the podcast on one of the episodes, gave me a shout-out. So it feels good telling that story because even Joey heard it, and it's a funny story. Fucking, usually cable guys have stories about, you know, oh, this girl, she wanted to fuck me, and, like, no, my story is uh, an old, retarded Paul Giamatti guy wanted to fuck me. That's my story. That's my hashtag me too moment. How about that, motherfucker? How about that, bitch? I have a me too. Yeah, I do. So, I tell that story. I end on a laugh. Not a big laugh like when I was improving. When I was doing the crowd work, that, that's when I got the bigger laughs. So, you know, in reality, I, I didn't bomb throughout the whole set, but I was bombing. It was just not a great set. Not a great set at all. I was not happy. I felt terrible that my friends saw, saw my performance. Now they're going to go back to Reno and tell everybody how much Danny sucks. <laughs> you know, Danny, he, he started doing cable. You know, remember that guy, the guy that got fired? Yeah, he's doing comedy now. He sucks. I was like, you know, bombing is very shameful. Very shameful. But you got to get through it, guys. You have to get through it. I take a walk. I leave the creek in the cave, and I went to buy me some booze because um, the line in the bar was too long. So I just went and bought me some booze, pounded them, called, called my wife. And now, l listen. Yeah, I was sad. I was heartbroken. Wanted, yeah, I wanted, like, moments you feel like crying. Like, God damn it. it just, it's an embarrassment moment. But you get over it really quick. At least... You should. You can't live. On, you can't dwell on it. So when I'm telling my wife about it, I'm fucking laughing. Because it's funny. When you bomb, it's fucking hilarious. Especially when your friends bomb. I love seeing friends bomb. It's the best when you see comedians bomb and you're friends with them. Because you know that shit happens to everybody. Like I said, it's a very vulnerable moment to be on stage. Um, you know that, that saying to speak in front of people is like being naked and speaking in front of or no the fear stage fright is like being naked on stage that's how it feels like that when you're bombing that's how it feels like 
It feels like uh, like you're naked. Everybody can see right through you. There's no gimmick. You try to do a joke, they see it. It's not going to work, guys. It's just not going to work. It's like, uh, you know, Neo, when he, learned, when he got into the Matrix and learned uh, Kung Fu, and then they're trying to fight him, and he's fighting with one hand. He sees every punch coming, even though he's not even looking at the punches. When you're bombing, it's like the audience is Neo. And like, nope, that's not going to work. Nope, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Nope, that's definitely not going to work. They see right through you. They can see every joke, every punchline coming. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So that was my moment, guys. That was my little embarrassing moment. Oh, I called Sammy, Hollywood Sammy. Told him what happened to And, uh, you know, he told me he bombed, like, on Thursday. So, you know, it happens to everybody. But, you know, you learn from this kind of stuff. So now I'm like, oh, after the show, by the way, now I'm feeling bad because the podcast upstairs with Louis J. Gomez packed to the gills, guys. There's no room up there. And Stacy Gomez was going to go up there when he ran into me. And I'm the fucking asshole that said, no, bro, stick around. Watch my set. Now he missed the podcast because of me. So I feel horrible, guys. Even the two friends, the two friends that came out, they're big fans of Legion of Skanks, but I convinced them to stay and watch my set. I'm a fucking asshole. Can you imagine how I felt? Being the fucking guy I made you missed a podcast show to see him fucking eat a bag of shit? I feel bad. I feel very bad. <laughs> Stacy walks out. He didn't even say good And I appreciate him not saying good stuff, but he just pats me on the shoulder. It's just like one of those like, hey, you know, keep trying or don't quit your day job type of pat, you know. Didn't even look at me in the eyes. <laughs> no one did. <laughs> oh, God. One guy in the back said, great set, dude. <laughs> I'm like, but that was dog shit. What the fuck are you talking about? That was not a great set. But I don't know if he was a comic. Maybe he was being facetious. Ooh. I don't know if I used the right word. Facetious? Yeah. So, guys, we am wrap it up soon. I'm, I'm like 15 minutes away from the uh, Brooklyn Bazaar. I'm hella late. It started at 12. At 11, they did a march from the cave, Creek in the Cave, to Brooklyn Bazaar. It's like a 15-minute walk. I missed it because I had a horrible hangover. But I want to tell you the outcome, the nice part of the night. Um, when I came back, I uh, ran into the two, two, two guys, Marvin and the other cool dude. And uh, he took pictures of me. He sent it to my Twitter, bought them a drink. I snuck in front of the line because they were in line. And they were already pretty much in the front. And I just tagged along and I bought them a drink feel bad you know that they had to see my dog shit set so bought them a, a drink avoided the big line and uh oh no yield you're supposed to yield to pedestrians bikes fucking asshole this fucking guy almost ran me over on a city bike uh so now i i got two drinks i already pounded like three ipas outside I had a little bit of fireball, so I'm, I'm fucking lit now, guys. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better. Now I'm on a mission to look for Stacy and Brian and apologize 
so I'm looking for these guys and uh, I go to the back of the creek in the cave there's like a smoking se section like a back patio it's pretty cool fire pits all, all kinds of shit I'm looking for him. I'm looking right left I can't see him I totally missed Stacy he was like right next to me he passed me on the shoulder again like he's like Danny I'm like Stacy I was looking for you <laughs> and like what's up bro he's like damn dude I can't believe uh, you're here and you're doing comedy like they were like in a whole different attitude than me I was thinking they were gonna fucking hate me okay instead they were just happy to see me and happy that they know somebody that's performing like they made me feel like a million bucks right there guys it was fucking amazing Brian I'm like yeah that was a dog shit set you know it happens and I'm trying to explain myself they're like no 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 man you had him going yeah it was rough in the beginning maybe the cable guy they couldn't relate um you know and yeah it, it's it works i've tried it before in different places now that i tried it in new york it you know it, the shit works but it just didn't work that night so you know that's sometimes what happens when people see someone like a joke bomb they're like ah oh, maybe that material is not going to work get rid of it but that no no in comedy you have to keep working it you got to make it work you got to tweak it like i said it just didn't work last night so they're telling me like but you had them laughing when were you talking to the people and, and yeah they saw something that really happened they saw somebody bombing and then turn it around a little bit a little bit um but they were so nice man brian's like i would have never imagined that a million years like i said that earlier huh i don't think he said that i think i made that up um but he said i i would have never imagined like i out of all people someone we know from reno that we haven't seen in seven years who's also into legion of skinks podcast it was, i was just so happy and excited started having a couple of drinks we had a couple of drinks and then um just started talking about reno catching up you know they didn't know i lived in vegas so now they know you know it's crazy because they didn't know I still did cable in Vegas. And, uh, wow, I feel weird talking into my phone. There's two girls smoking marijuana. I don't know if you heard them. They're like, do you want to take a hit now? But here I am talking. I'm avoiding people, guys. I'm being very antisocial right now because people are going to think I'm a fucking crazy man. This is not normal. It's not normal to have a guy talking like he's talking to somebody. And I'm not even holding the phone like on my ear. I've tried it while I'm doing the podcast, but it's uncomfortable. So I'm just like holding it like a microphone. Because I'm not a faggot, you know? So, oh shit. Oh shit. Cross the street. Cross the street. Oh, if I get hit by a car, I wonder if I would be the first asshole that gets killed while podcasting. Has that happened? Because I know, I know there's been a couple people Facebook Live, doing Facebook Live and they get shot, like in Chicago and shit. I wonder if I would be the first podcaster. Hmm. Let's try it. Another time. Hopefully. But um, it was great, man. That was my happy ending. Got to hang out with Stacy and Brian. It turns out they have a podcast too. Um, I forgot the name of it, but 
it, it's just fucking amazing, guys. It's a, it's comedy is such an amazing, beautiful thing. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I got lucky enough to get into comedy and lucky enough to even perform at Skankfest. Even if it was just a showcase, the opening. I'm so lucky to even bomb. How many comedians could say they bombed at Skankfest? <laughs> you know, not a lot. So that's what happened. I bombed at Skankfest. Um, that's going to be the title of this episode. Can I remember um, Tom Segura when he talked about his bomb in Winnipeg? He called it bombing in Winnipeg. Mine's going to be bombing at Skankfest Skank because that's what happened. And it's the truth. You know how many people would lie and say, oh man, I fucking smashed. I killed that Skankfest. I had them by the balls. I see comics do that all the time. Like, I, I told you I had a good set the two nights before, but this is the podcast. I had, a, I had great sets, but I wouldn't go on Facebook ever and say, oh, I killed it, or I had a great set. If somebody says, how did it go? I, I like to say, I had fun. That's it. I had fun. I'm not going to sit there and, and uh, give, like, a story, like, all elaborated when you know it's not true. Because people call you on and shit like that, too. They should be called out. People, comics, like, there's some comics in Vegas, they've been called out, like, bro, bro, we were at the same show, you did not fucking kill. Go fuck yourself. You know? The night ended, I took uh, Uber home. It's only 15 bucks to my hostel. It's not that bad. I'm putting my lanyard now, my skin cuts, I'm getting close. I could look special and important. And, uh, took an uber home super drunk i think i lost my fireball bottle i knew i had it with me but i don't know what happened to it ah. went into my hostel i was too tired to jerk off i was not gonna stand next to my bed and jerk off on my bed it was just not the moment there's a time and place people you gotta be respectful sometimes you gotta respect yourself have a little respect don't always violate yourself when you don't want to. That's rape. You don't want to rape yourself. You ever done that? Where you're like, like you, you got to go somewhere and you're like, but I got to jerk off. I have to jerk off. Like something about Mary. You just have to jerk off before. Like don't go out with a loaded gun. You just have to do it. So you kind of force yourself even, even though you don't want to. It's like you're fucking, you're like that pushy guy trying to, trying to have sex with the girl. You're like Aziz Ansari on yourself. Like you gave yourself head, but but you're not like trying to go all the way. You're like, no, I gotta go. I got things to do. Sometimes you gotta not be Aziz Ansari, man. And you just gotta go to bed. You can't always do it. Don't force yourself. You know? So I didn't. I just went to bed. Happy. I got over my bombing session. <laughs> Immediately. And to see these guys not care and just be happy to see me was even better. So that's my experience so far, guys. I'm on my way to Skinkfest. The show at five started like 30 minutes ago. I'm probably get, I already missed Jim Norton and everybody, but hopefully they're gonna hang out and get to meet them, take some pictures. I really love Jim Norton, man. Jim and Sam in the morning. Pretty much the old Opie and Anthony show. It's amazing. That's, that's like one show I listen to every day through YouTube because I don't have serious radio. 
Oh, by the way, I saw Louis last night, Louis J. Gomez, and I said what's up to him. Came up to him and said, hey, bro, if you need any help with the festival, moving shit around, whatever you need, let me know. I'm down to help. He's like, no, man, you bought your ticket. Um, I want you to enjoy yourself. Just have fun. And I said, yeah, man, but I'm a comic from Vegas. You know, I know how it is. You guys, you know, they were trying to kick off the thing at four last night or at seven, and they were running a little behind. So when I said I'm a comic from Vegas, he's like, what's your name? I said, Freddie Korea. He's like, Freddie, you're the one help that helped me get uh, that spot at Planet Hollywood. Thanks, man. No, oh, man, enjoy yourself. I appreciate it, brother. He's like, love you, bro. He's like, you helped me out so much that day because he asked on Twitter, anybody know stage time, where to do stage time? in vegas and like five or six people literally like not literally i guess but it was like five or six people for sure that um tagged me in his post and said hit up freddie korea at fred wrecker and uh we had followed each other already so he he sent me an inbox like hey doggy we're gonna do some stage time and i hooked him up with edwin he did a guest spot I think that was last year. I was in Coachella, so I missed it. But yeah, man, it was cool to be recognized by him. Um, these guys, man, you tweet, you tweet at people when you're positive. Don't be a fucking asshole and uh, troll people, but troll, troll in a good way. Be the opposite, man. Send out good vibes to the universe i like to post screenshots of a podcast like if i'm listening to a podcast i'll post a screenshot and i'll tag them and say hey love this episode you know i'm always doing that and people do it for me i you got to put out good energy man good shit good shit will come back to you you know um big j okerson i introduced myself to him he's like i've heard your name before like, oh, yeah, you talked about my <laughs> my kicking video in Vegas. I was the guy that recorded it. He's like, you're the guy. He's like, yeah, you're not even in the video, but you put your name on it. I'm like, fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> I fucking recorded it. They were making fun of me on that episode so bad on the bonfire. It was crazy. It was hilarious. If you could go, maybe maybe it's on YouTube. Yeah, I think it is on YouTube. Ian uh, Burford, my co-host, he told me about it. <clears throat> I'm going to replay that. I, I got to upload that episode. We we actually did a commentary on the bonfire where Big J and Dan Soder are making fun of me. It's hilarious. They're making fun of my editing on the Heckler Kicked. Look it up on YouTube. Uh, Heckler Gets Kicked by Comedian, if you haven't seen it. It went viral. It went on MTV's Ridiculousness. Like every comic has seen it. Most comics. In the pussy comics, they get mad. They're like, why is he kicking an old guy? Tino? The guy that kicked him was only like five, seven years apart. They're both dead now. They're old. But, uh, you know, it happened. I'm just kidding. They're not dead. Raid Zone's still alive. Still being racist on Facebook. Still hasn't accepted my friend request. He's mad at me. He thinks I made millions of dollars off this video. He thinks, oh, and he's, he says I made him famous. More like infamous. If you go to his YouTube channel, he does commentary of the kicking video. It's hilarious how many thumbs down it has. It has like probably one or two thumbs up and like hundreds of thumbs down. Look up Raid Zone. Just type in Raid Zone. There's a lot, a lot of videos. But um, it was cool to have Big J 
recognize me or, or say hey not recognize me but like saying hey i've heard your name before uh and then he remembered the video he introduced me to christine his wife um our girlfriend who is one of the main producers of the skank fest and that's when uh i asked her about the showcase she's like it's not booked yet do you want to be on it? i'm like fuck yeah i do i gave her my card she said put your number on it so here i am giving my number to christine and uh big j's like oh wow just giving your number to my girl right in front of me okay joking around then he hits me on the shoulder it was hilarious it's been uh and this is not even the skank fest yes yeah guys i'm talking about skank fest like i already experienced it this is barely day one and I'm, I'm walking to it right now almost got ran over by a motorcycle how many times have i almost got ran over right now that should be the drinking game for justin ruff today how many times did freddie almost get run over for being a fucking douchebag on his phone podcasting through the city of brooklyn i've walked a lot guys one hour and 25 minutes of walking Holy shit, I'm almost there. I'm like four minutes away, it says. Yeah. Guys, it's been a pleasure sharing this with you. I hope you guys tell your friends about the podcast. I, I want to record more for you. Um, we have a part two coming up with uh, Mikey Sliman and Michael Robertson after this episode. In a few days. Um, it's uh, that episode. It's fire, guys. You got to. Stay tuned to that one. That's when he talks about bump fights and how they started the controversy. It's really good. That's going to be a great episode, guys. Um, oh, shit. I almost ran into this guy sleeping on a bench. Uh, don't wake him up. My name is Freddy Korea. Please follow me. Fred Recker. F-R-E-D-R-E-K-E-R. Go to iTunes if you like the show. Give us a five-star review. I think if you haven't... If you have not uh, given us a five-star review, take two, three minutes, guys. Just get on your iPhone or your computer if you have an iTunes account and give us a review. Five stars. Talk shit, troll, do whatever the fuck you want. Just give, give me five stars. Um, I just sweated. I'm, my balls are sweating because I've been walking. I could have taken a subway for you guys, but no. I, I, I fucking podcasted like a madman in front of people looking at me. I poured my heart out, talked about me bombing at Skankfest, and you're not gonna give me a five-star review? Aren't you embarrassed? Ah, I love Sebastian. All right, guys. And I know he's listening, so shout out to Sebastian Meniscalco. Um, he doesn't have to give me a five-star review. Well, if he does, I would appreciate it. But um, all right, guys, we are out. Peace.